Hey, welcome back to the Addicted to Healthy podcast, your one-stop destination for all things health and a kick-ass life. I'm Laurence, certified nutritional practitioner and health coach and the host of the Addicted to Healthy podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Before we get into this amazing episode today, I want to announce that I do have only a few spots left for February starts in the PCOS Breakthrough Academy. And I also want to announce that we have amazing bonuses this month, like pretty incredible. So we are actually going to be combining the PCOS Breakthrough Academy with the Healthbound Emporium. So this means that you're getting whole food, fruits and vegetable nutraceuticals, flooding your body with nutrients. I've definitely noticed that we do need more nutrients as PCOS women we are usually lacking nutrients and it's usually not enough to get it everything from our diet and this really helps to bridge the gap and I've seen amazing results with these and you will also be getting access to our exclusive online portal in the Healthbound Emporium so this means trainings documents resources exercise guides meditations mindset work um, nutrition plans, all of these amazing recipes, whether you're vegan, gluten-free, omnivore, all the recipes are in there. So you have amazing resources in there. And on top of that, you'll also be getting access to our six-week live mini trainings, all about self-love, self-care. So how to apply that into your life, meaning what's on your plate, how you're talking to yourself, your mindset, how you're moving your body, how it makes you feel, etc. So we'll really be giving you all the tools you really need to have to implement all of this information into your life. So those are bonus offers and you will basically be getting the PCOS online course, which is your online portal for life to really understand PCOS. You'll be getting that for free as well as the Healthstyle Emporium online portal and the six week live mini trainings. Those start on February 14th, so I highly recommend signing up by February 14th so that you can attend the recordings live. But no biggie if you sign up after that, you will still get access to it, but you will have the recordings. And this is going to be offered until the end of February. So if you are interested, this is an amazing deal with amazing bonus offers, and you do have so many resources for the accountability and the education and really understanding how to apply this to your life because I'm not interested in just, you know, spitting out information to you. I really want you to understand how to apply this to your own life so you can manage and reverse your PCOS symptoms over a lifetime. And so this program is four months long just to obviously address all of the obstacles that come up with PCOS, to dive into mindset work, to nutrition, to, you know, implementing a good exercise routine, all of that kind of thing. We really want to make this a lifestyle change. That's why it's a minimum of four months. And this is really the most transformative program that I have because the support, the accountability, the community is there. So you do have everything you need. All the resources are there for you and it's a tremendous value. So if you are interested at all, send me a message. You can also check out uh, the program more in detail. That's in the link in the show notes. And I would love to chat more if this is something you're interested in, you want to get your spot because there's only a few left. I can't guarantee spots for everyone. Uh, send me a message and we can chat more. Today, I have Megan Siemens on the podcast. She is an international life coach and speaker who helps female entrepreneurs get out of their comfort zone and confidently step into the life and business they are wildly obsessed with. She's passionate about getting women out of an autopilot life and into a life of purpose. So she guides you to rewrite old stories that are keeping you small and tap back into the power of you 
She's obsessed with turning fear into confidence and overwhelm into clarity. When Megan is not coaching, you can probably find her having a dance party or packing up to her next adventure. And she's currently living on a one-way ticket traveling through Europe. So today, obviously, we're going to be talking about a lot of these struggles that can come up as entrepreneur, but this can apply to anybody, whether you have your business or not, because we're going to be diving into a lot of these, you know, beliefs and programs that we are holding on to that are sabotaging us, whether you are, you know, sabotaging your business, or if you have money issues or health issues or relationship issues, it does apply to everything. So whether you are an entrepreneur or not, this can be very useful to you. So get out your pad and paper and let's get into it. Welcome, Megan, to the podcast. I'm so excited for this conversation today. It's going to be super deep. We're going to get into all this cool stuff. So thank you so much for coming on. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be so good. I already know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so before we get into all of the cool stuff, um, well, this is also cool stuff. I'd love to hear about what got you to your line of work now and like what are you doing what is your title exactly yeah so I am a life coach for women and I help women get out of their comfort zone and into their life on purpose so I help you break those comfort zone stories and turn the volume up really loud on everything you love doing so that you can find purpose in life and how I got here is, I mean, it's basically my whole life story, how I got here. <laughs> um, but really where it all started um, to get me into the career that I'm in now was in college where I declared seven different majors <laughs> and I was so lost and confused. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And looking back now, I know I was living through everyone else's stories and constantly wondering what are people going to think if I choose this career path or, oh, I definitely can't choose that career path because no one would expect me to do that. And living through just a lot of stories that weren't my own and just feeling very stuck. I was working with like a lot of anxiety and which at the time felt like it had no reason in my life. And by the time I got to my quote senior years like my fifth year in college and I was kind of like okay this is this needs to be <laughs> towards the end now I need to choose something or I need to get out so I went to my guidance counselor and I was like what major can I just finish like I need to get out of here I need to be done what am I the closest to and so I finished my degree um, in communications and I walked across my graduation stage and I knew this was just a new beginning for myself because I vowed that I was no longer going to live by anyone's stories other than my own. And I had no idea what that meant at the time, but I knew that I was going to follow my happiness and my joy. So since then, I have actually owned and co-owned three businesses. And one of those ultimately led me to coaching and having my own coach. And I just really fell in love with that business. And I had always loved using my intuition and helping to support other people. And that's basically what I get to do every day with coaching. So yeah, long story so, short. <laughs> so it sounds like you went through a lot of different certifications. Is that it? 
Yeah. So my very first business I started wasn't even in coaching field. My first business was direct sales with a jewelry company. Um, and I basically started that business because I wanted to see what it was like owning a business and I wanted to learn. And I think the, one of the best ways to learn is to just start experimenting. I think so often we get so caught up in how am I going to do this and how am I going to get to that end point? But sometimes we just have to jump in. So that was my very, right. right. (laughs) We have to wait for the exact right time and all of that good stuff, but I just kind of jumped in. So that was my first business. And I kind of did some like mentoring in there. Um, I didn't get a certification until I actually met and worked with my own life coach. And then I asked her, how she got started and I took the same certification program that she did. And did you also kind of jump around with careers? Cause I think that this is really resonating with mm-hmm. me because mm-hmm. I just collected all the certifications and went from one job to the other. Like, no, this isn't lighting me up. This isn't working. Let's try something else. And it's just hopping around a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. I definitely did that in college. I had like, I was that girl that had like five different jobs at once and I, with my majors in themselves, wasn't sure where I wanted to go. And so I would learn a little bit in this field and then I would hop over to another field. I mean, when I say I had seven different majors, they weren't like similar things. It was like, oh, I tried nursing. And then I like went over here and I was like, maybe I want to be an interior designer. So I was kind of like (laughs) hopping all over the place. But once I graduated and I kind of made that decision of I'm right now, I'm following what feels good to me and, and what makes me happy, that, that hopping around kind of stopped. And how do you like break that pattern? Because I think a lot of us here, you know, follow your passion, mm-hmm. follow your purpose, but a lot of us have mm-hmm. no idea what that is. Like, how did you kind of, how did you find it? Yeah. What start with joy. I know I had no idea what my passions were. Like, if you were like, what, what do you like to do for fun? I would be like, I don't, I go to school and I work out on occasion. I, that's it. And so starting to kind of light up those joys again, and I did that by experimenting. So I kind of touched on that before, but experimenting with new hobbies and like going to new classes and just trying things, getting out of my comfort zone and doing things that I would have never done before. Like since some examples of those, I've gone to like an acting class. I've tried art projects. I just tried anything that would light up something inside of me. And if I didn't like it, it was, that's fine. I just, I can cross that off the list and say, all right, I don't like that. Done (laughs) and move on. But it's what can I, how can I light up joy in my life? And just experimenting with that because you're right. It's if you are feeling lost, confused, stuck, and you're like, what's your passion? Follow your purpose. I would, if back then I would have been like, "I, I have no idea. So you have to start experimenting with anything, something, try something new. And for you, how did that lead to life coaching? Did you take like a class or did you Mm -hmm. like attend a workshop or something? Mm -hmm. My life coaching in itself, I found, I stumbled across a life coach on Instagram randomly. I have to this day, no idea how she came up on my feed. I not the universe. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) 100%. But I did, I was in the, my jewelry business before that and that was based on me experimenting. I took a leap and I decided, hey, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to see if I like it. I'm going to see what pieces I do like out of this business. I'm going to see what pieces I don't like out of this business. And through doing that um, and kind of building that business a little bit, I started to mentor some other girls that were working 
in the same business as me. And so I was like, hey, I kind of like this mentorship thing. A lot of people are asking me questions that I really love. And then I stumbled across the life coach. And I was like, hey, that sounds like the thing that I like doing. Let me try this. Let me experiment this. And then I took a class from there. I love this. These are all like these synchronicities that yeah. aren't coincidental. Like we think they are, but they aren't. And it's because you're following that joy and that yes. the things that light you up. Right. So I love that you talked about that because I think mm -hmm. a lot of us will think like, oh, well, I like knitting. Like, how is that going to mm -hmm. make me money? But it's like, you have to go after the impulses because that's usually not the final destination. Like mm -hmm. you might meet somebody at the knitting club. I don't, I'm just making this up, but mm -hmm. you know, it's like, there's going to be another stepping stone and it's usually not the first impulse. That's like the destination, right? It's going to like keep you going. So a lot of people who kind of shut that down, like, Oh, mm -hmm. it's stupid. This is not going to make me money or whatever. I think you should definitely follow, follow that. Right. 100%. I, that's absolutely how I walked on this path. I just started opening up those doors to joy. And I'm a huge believer in if you just start moving forward, you have no idea what other doors are waiting. And one of my very first projects that I did was I started a travel blog because I loved to travel so much. And Ultimately, it's not the thing that's right now in this moment making me money, but it was one of the things that opened up other doors for me. Totally. It's going to lead you down some other paths or it's going to give you maybe somebody who knows the answer to that or right. who has like a connection, et cetera. Exactly. So we know what it feels like to feel joy. So I guess we kind of want to follow that, right? So we want to find like mm -hmm. the things that bring us joy and make us feel happy and that like, feeling aligned. So that's what mm -hmm. we want to strive for. Mm -hmm. um, and then I guess the opposite of not feeling aligned is what we want to avoid, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so what would that feel like if somebody's like, I can't tell if I'm on the right path or not, what would you say to them? I think that oftentimes how people will relay that feeling is that word stuck. Like I'm just feeling stuck. Mm -hmm. I think if you're unaligned, you're feeling quote unquote stuck. But I always say you're never really stuck. You're never really stuck in life. You just aren't looking for the answer. And oftentimes when we're feeling stuck, we're also feeling really overwhelmed and we're not giving ourselves the space that we need to see. And kind of like you and I were talking about earlier with like needing that how and needing the exact path and the perfect plan. Oftentimes the only thing we need is just the first step. And so just slowing down, giving ourselves space to see the very first step and then just moving into that is I think what gets us out of alignment the fastest. We don't need every single answer. We don't need all 20 chapters. We just need step one, just the first sentence. Yeah. And I think that's so powerful um, because we usually, usually focus on, and this happens to all of us like a hundred percent across the board, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but focusing on the how, right? Like somebody mm. might have an impulse, like, oh, this is an amazing idea. But then right away we have the resistance. But how are you going to do that? We have that little voice in our head, right? So then we usually mm -hmm. just shut it down, might be shut down for like years. And then one day we regret not doing it. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then what you're talking about, usually when we're focusing on the negative in our life, we mm -hmm. don't have the energy to focus on the positive And we're also not aligned with that vibration right so mm -hmm. when you are stuck as you mentioned before in this kind of loop and this cycle of you know 
focusing on the how and the negative thinking and you know mm -hmm. a lot of people who will be like oh this is just a cycle that keeps happening over and over again and I never have luck in my life and mm -hmm. things like that like how do you start to get out of that cycle and what do you what would you respond to people who are saying things like oh it's because I'm not lucky or I've never been mm. this or that yeah yeah I like to call that how paralysis <laughs> we're stuck <laughs> in yes that that question of what well, but how am I going to do it but how am I going to do it but how am I going to do it it's how paralysis we're we're just so caught up on that how that we're not even moving at all which isn't serving us in the long run right so how to get, how to get out of the how paralysis <laughs> tell us uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to start rewriting those stories. Like you said, if, you, if you're saying, I'm not lucky, I'm not this, I'm not that. If you're living by those stories, that's the reality you're creating, which I know we've all heard that before. But if we break that down a little further and we look at, okay, I think this thought, I think this thought of I'm not lucky, I am not a lucky person. Once you think that thought, you now believe that about yourself. As you're playing that on repeat, you believe that about yourself. So what was once just a thought is now a full belief about yourself. And when you believe something about yourself, then you start to act from that place. So we all hear that, that quote, or we all hear the, the, the story of like your thoughts create your reality, but that's kind of breaking it down of how it's really happening. And so you have to start shifting those stories. If you want a new reality, you have to start shifting the stories that you're operating from. So what's the story that you need to shift? What's the story that you're replaying over and over and over again? Is it, I'm not a lucky person or I'm, I'm not rich enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough resources. What is that story? And what's the new story you want to shift in, into? And then once you have that new story, how does that person act? How does that person show up? If you were already living in that story, what would that person do? Yeah, and I think it's obviously the first step is awareness. So being aware mm -hmm. of the story and then mm -hmm. finding the opposite is usually pretty easy. But I think the hardest part for people is actually releasing it because again, mm -hmm. as you know, the conscious mind versus the subconscious is very different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> subconscious mind is a lot more difficult to change. Like you could totally be like, I want to do this. I want to be that. I want to whatever. Um, but a lot of the time subconscious isn't on board, is it? Mm -hmm. True. This is true. And I think what I see so often in like the personal development space and with my own clients is we put so much pressure on shifting these stories and we want instant change. And the thing about these stories is they've been programmed into our mind for years. And we have to give ourselves that grace and space to know that reprogramming does take time. It's not important that you're having instant change. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, everything's different. Now my whole reality will shift right away. It's that you're consciously, you're aware of those patterns and you're consciously choosing to shift them and knowing that it's not overnight. So for example, I like to call myself a retired people pleaser. And that's a pattern that I had for years, like 10, 20 plus years of people pleasing. Something that I've played for 10 or 20 years or more isn't going to shift overnight. It's something that still comes up for me and I still have to consciously go, oh, this is a story. This is an old story. This is an old programming. How do I want to shift out of it? So I think what's 
really important with shifting these stories is giving yourself grace and knowing that they will take time and that's okay. It doesn't mean you're doing it wrong if in a week your old programming comes back up. That just means you're human. It's like anything. It's like nutrition, mm-hmm. exercise, mm-hmm. it's daily consistent work and it's a muscle you have to work as well. So I totally agree. It's it's definitely something that takes time, but it's also lifelong practice as well, because Mm -hmm. once you become aware though, you can never not become aware. It's pretty crazy. Mm. It's kind of annoying, but it's also like (laughs) the only way you can grow. Right. Um, So do you have any specific practices that you like to do um, that help to kind of, you know, let go of these things and and shift the thinking? Do you have any like certain techniques or anything? Absolutely. I love journaling and I think it's one of the most powerful ways that we can tune into ourselves and tap into those thoughts and stories. And I think what's so powerful about journaling and what I love about journaling is that you can externalize those thoughts. So when we're feeling stuck, we're, we're stuck internally with a thought pattern and we're not seeing it. We're not truly seeing it for what it is. And so what I love to do with a story or a programming that I want to shift is I like to journal it out and I like to speak from that story out onto paper. And I like to get it out of my brain and in front of me so I can see what is happening and then shifting into the new story and getting that out in front of me and seeing what it looks like. That's one of my favorite practices to use. I love it. I love journaling too. It's mm-hmm. so life-changing. I have so many journals now. Like they're just taking up so much space. Oh, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's it's a really powerful practice. And listen, I used to roll my eyes at it when I was like, when I was so caught in these, in these stories, I was like, oh, well, journaling's not going to help. Like putting it down on paper isn't going to help. And now I'm just like, I have, like you said, so many journals and boxes. And the other powerful part of journaling that I love is I can go back to those old journals at times and I can see how much I've grown. I can, we don't always get to see the growth we've gone through. And when I look through some of my old journals, I can actually see the journey I've gone on. Yeah, me too. It's pretty fascinating. So Mm -hmm. definitely recommend keeping them Mm -hmm. because yeah, we can just get too tough on ourselves and think that we're not making progress, but it's actually crazy how much of an impact just little habits like this can actually Mm -hmm. make. Yes, 100%. So I'd love to address one of my favorite topics, which is shooting on yourself. Oh, yeah. So why is this a problem and why are we doing it? I think the problem with shooting all over yourself is I think when we do that, we unalign from our purpose because should has nothing to do with our purpose. Should has to do with external stories. What I should do might not be what I need or what is in alignment with my purpose. It's probably just a story that's come from some external source, whether it be directly from like a person that you know, or from society itself. Uh, But it's never coming from within when you're doing the should. It's never coming from a heart place. It's coming from a head place. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, are always kind of doing that shooting around, you know, whatever we're eating or like going to the gym or I should track my expenses or budget or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. I should pursue like my passion, whatever. But a lot of the time we resist these things. Like it's the things that we should do that we don't end up doing. Mm. Is that because, why is that you think? I think if we're resisting something that we 
quote unquote, should be doing. <laughs> then there's, there's another story back there. There's a, a hidden comfort zone or a reason that we're not doing it. And I think you have to listen to those stories that are playing in the background. If you find yourself resisting something that you know you ultimately need to do or want to do in your life. That's also why New Year's resolutions don't usually work, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. 100%. <laughs> so what can we do instead of shooting on ourselves then? So for instance, I'll just make this an example. January 1st, I'm going to or I should eat more vegetables or stop eating junk food or go to the gym or whatever mm -hmm. it is or like start the vlog. So what should we do instead? <laughs> what should <laughs> I think connecting to the why and connecting to the feeling are, are much more powerful than connecting to the end result. Because I think what happens when we connect to the end result is then we judge why we're not there or why we're not, why we're not already there or then every day judging why we're not there yet. And when you connect to the why and you connect to the feeling of that's behind that goal, I think you can create action from more of that heart space versus that head space. I love it. And so how do we learn more of how to start to trust ourselves? Because mm. I think a lot of the time, especially when it comes to the should, it's more about the external stuff, the external mm -hmm. pressures. Um, and it's getting away from like our intuitive knowledge, I guess, like the messages mm -hmm. internally. And I think, I think there is a time and a place to, you know, look out for mentors and coaches and to look for answers externally. But I think that we are mostly looking at the external versus the internal. Mm -hmm. So how can we kind of assess, like, when is it the right time to look externally versus internal? I think that it's a kind of a balancing act of the external guidance versus the internal guidance but always the ultimate decision maker is internal. And so while we can have coaches and mentors and guides and teachers in our lives, ultimately those coaches, guides, mentors, whatever external is happening should empower us to create the decision that's in alignment with our purpose. And so I think it's a balancing act between having both. I think it's always important to have people in your community, people that you connect with external, externally, and those people should empower and amplify the decisions that you're making within yourself, right? And so learning to trust yourself, learning to lean into making decisions from your intuition, from your heart, um, and, and using those practices like journaling, like meditation, those practices that get you in tune with you will start to strengthen those trust muscles. I love it. And another thing that comes up mm -hmm. a lot in terms of this is, and I've thought about this a lot and I, I hear this question a lot, is how mm -hmm. do, do we differentiate between, and this is kind of connecting to what you just talked about, um, mm -hmm being resistant to doing something. So how to recognize if it's fear in terms mm. of, okay, it's uncomfortable, but it's still like the right path versus it's fear of that you shouldn't be doing it. Like it's not the right path for you. Do you understand mm -hmm. what I'm trying to get at? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's learning to listen to yourself. It's learning to discern the difference 
And a lot of that is, is feeling, and we're not really taught to be in tune with our feelings. It's not something we really learn in school. We don't really learn feelings 101. In fact, I would say we're probably taught more to shut those down and to not display them in public, right? And so it is a practice in learning how each answer feels, I think, internally, physically, emotionally, mentally, in a holistic way. And you can do this with such a simple practice to start with, to start to learn the difference like in your full body of a feeling. You can start with such a simple practice like asking yourself a simple yes or no question and then giving yourself the correct answer. So for example, like I could ask myself, is your name Megan? And then I would say the answer, yes. And my, like I literally just smiled. I'm like, duh. Yes, my aunt, my name is Megan. Like, <laughs> I can feel in my body, like, yes, that is true. And then I could ask myself, is your name Megan? And I could say no. And that just feels weird. It feels awkward. I My shoulders kind of went in when I said that. So this sounds like a silly practice, but it's something that you can do to start feeling. What does it feel like when I'm following the truth versus going against it? What does it feel like in my body? Do I kind of like, chuckle do i kind of turn inwards do i do i get a different feeling in my um, stomach in my heart and then you can start recognizing those different feelings when you hear a fear story so you can start recognizing is this my comfort zone or is this actual fear yeah and this goes back to the you know internal seeking versus the external like a lot mm -hmm. of us as i mentioned before we're always seeking like the external mm -hmm. and we just gotten away from actually getting to know ourselves and how to actually be intuitive, which is completely natural to us, but mm -hmm. we have obviously created this unnatural environment mm -hmm. where we've almost become robots, to be honest. Um, and we're just not even respecting our own feelings and, you know, our thoughts and beliefs and emotions, and we're just kind of suffocating them or just pushing them wow. down. And then that's where we see, you know, a lot of shit hit the fan. Because <laughs> all of these emotions come up again, like it's been suppressed, right? So it's, again, it's learning how to slow down, pause, and actually be with yourself. Because it was funny. I was reading, I've read this um, study that came up in a lot of different books and articles about people who were put in a room and they weren't given anything to do and they had to stay there. I forget for how long it was. Mm -hmm. They either could just sit there for the entire time or they could press this button that would like shock them. Oh. And the majority of the people pressed the button because they could not handle being alone by themselves for that long. They needed at least some sort of stimulus and then I think they were let out or something um but something like that but basically saying that human beings would rather feel pain mm. than feel than have to deal with themselves and be alone in quiet which yeah. is quite, just quite fascinating when you think about it and that's why I think a lot of people are very resistant to like meditation and that kind of thing because it means that they have to see themselves and a lot of people mm -hmm. don't want to go there yeah, that's incredible. What an interesting study. And I 100% believe that. And like, look, with meditation too, I, I used to roll my eyes and I would be like, I can't sit still. That's absolutely not something I can do. And I think too, so much of that is making these rules around how these things should look. So with journaling, like, no, I can't journal because what will I write about? And like, what if someone sees it? Um, am I doing it right? 
do I follow a prompt or do I just write? How do I do it? And then with meditation, oh, well, I don't have an hour to like sit and meditate and listen to someone talk to me that I don't have an hour out of my day. So we make all these rules around these things too, to stop us from doing it. So I say drop the rules and just make that space for yourself. Yeah, 100% I get that a lot too. Like meditation has to be this huge thing. Like we have to go on a retreat and Mm -hmm. sit cross-legged for an hour and start humming or whatever and chanting. (laughs) But I literally do like 10 minutes. Um, I will do usually longer, but I will legit schedule 10 minutes minimum um, morning and night. And if I just Mm -hmm. do 10 minutes or five minutes, like great. That's still meditation. (laughs) And it doesn't have to be a fancy thing you by yourself, but yeah, there's so many apps now and videos and everything that Mm -hmm. there really is no excuse. And like you said, a lot of people, and I was like this too, like just don't identify as the meditator. Like I can't do Mm -hmm. this. This is not for me. I have so many thoughts running in my head and I just can't calm down. And to people who tell me that, I usually tell them, well, it sounds like you're the exact person who really needs meditation (laughs) and you should definitely try it out, you know, because a lot of the time it's people who it will make and then we actually learn to like it like I actually like doing it now like I do oh, it every day same I love it and I used to resist it so hard one of my I'll give your audience a quick practice if you want to just try some space and give yourself just a little taste of meditation I like to give this especially to the mom clients that I have because a lot of moms will be like I don't even have time to go to the bathroom um how am I supposed to meditate So a really simple practice you can do is you can do a shower meditation. I know everyone showers, right? Everyone (laughs) everyone showers at least a few times a week. So I know you can do this one. Um, And it's it's, it's so simple. You literally just count your breaths up to 10 and back down and just be silent, be in the shower instead of, I know I use the shower because it's often a place that we're like, what am I going to have for dinner? And what am I going to do after I get out of the shower? And how how does my day look? And what is my schedule like when it's really a place that we could have some space and have some silence and have a quick meditation? I love that. I'm going to do that tonight. (laughs) Such a great idea. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. And last question, I think in the mindset category, Mm -hmm. then we're going to move on to traveling. Oh, yay. Um, Actually, I might have two, but um, <laughs> how does stop letting other people's opinions run your life? Because you must mm. see this a lot, and a lot of the time, we kind of talked a little bit about this, but we are, you know, using external people's beliefs or stories, or a lot of us go after, you know, careers that, you know, our parents told us to do or whatever. We don't do something because we think we're going to look stupid. Our partner is going to say something. Mm-hmm. How do we even start to address this? Because I think it it does affect all of us to a certain extent, but it can also paralyze us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, I'll be honest. This is in the people-pleasing category, and it's honestly something I still work on within myself is that strong of a pattern. I have to consciously all the time recognize, oh, is this my story or is this someone else's? And then move forward from that. I think the best thing you can do if you're just starting out shifting this pattern is probably the exact advice you don't want is to jump on in. You have to try it to recognize that actually it's not going to be the end of the world because I think we make something like other people's opinions so big in our mind. We make it like 
it's going to be this huge thing and, and people are going to disown me and life as I know it will be over. I mean, I was very dramatic with my <laughs> inner voice around this topic specifically. Well, I think then, it also goes back to the primal instinct where, you know, when we were in a tribe or whatever, mm-hmm. like if you were abandoned, you usually, that would mean death. Literally. True. Right. So it almost is like death to us, Mm -hmm. but that's like a primal instinct. And that's where I guess we need to coach ourselves and be like, Mm. no, you're not going to (laughs) die. Yes. So true. And I think the best thing you can do is take that first small step. So we talked about earlier, how can you start lighting up those passions? How can you start getting into your purpose? You start by taking the very first step. And even if the very first step has that story of, well, you know, mom and dad are going to think this, or my best friend is going to tell me this or whatever story comes from that external voice, taking that first step anyways, and just checking it out, seeing what happens. And if someone does have an opinion, you'll know what to do when that part comes up. But so often, like you said, we let it paralyze us from even trying. Yeah. And then honestly, a lot of the time when we have backlash or resistance or people saying like, that's stupid, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Usually these people, um, I mean, some of them, it, this is debatable, but sometimes we actually have to let go of people. We outgrow mm-hmm. them. True. But also a lot of the time it's because their fear and resistance and beliefs are coming up. So it has nothing to do with you. So for instance, if you're, you hear like, you can't do that, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Um, you can definitely prove them that it has been done before what you want to mm-hmm. do. So why not you? Um, and usually it's because they're either scared that you're going to fail or get hurt or whatever, or um, it's more about that they haven't gone after what mm-hmm. they want to do. Mm-hmm. So it's never usually about you, you know? Yeah. It's never about you, you, and you can never change someone else's mind. They have to do that themselves. You can be a catalyst to change, but you'll never change someone's mind. That's 100% up to them. And so live life for you. And like you said, some people will come and go and the people that are meant to be in your life will, they'll stay. That is huge. And I think that's really important to mention too, because especially this happens a lot in relationships. If someone is like changing, the Mm -hmm. other person isn't, or if you want to force somebody to change, it's usually not going to work. But if you are the example and they start to see you are changing, you're becoming happier, healthier, whatever, usually people want to change when they see that, that Mm -hmm. motivates them. But if you tell them you should do this, like no one responds well to that. That's so true. That is so true. I have one more quick question, but okay. this is, popped up, but I think, I don't know if you've seen this in your clients, but, you know, um, even people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, um, with the kind of excuse, even later than that, of saying, well, it's too late now if I want to change mm-hmm. career, or if I want to, like, you know, travel the world, follow my passion, it's just too late, I already decided on it, mm-hmm. what do you say to that? Oh, it's never too late, it's it's 100% never too late. And it's there a cutoff date. <laughs> there is no cutoff date on your dream. I am sure of that. And I always think that that, um, 
excuse as you worded it excuse is so funny because my story was it's too early because I started my business really young and I was always like I'm too young it's too early I need to do more things before I try this and so it always makes me chuckle when I hear that it's too late story because I'm like where's the happy middle what's the who wrote the age that we are supposed to start our dreams who wrote that I need to know what it is what is the perfect age I'm not sure So it's never too late or I know it doesn't, it it doesn't exist. It's never too late or too early. And I always like those. um, I like, I don't know if you've seen them, but I like reading those. It'll be like a quote or like something where it, it talks about different, like people that have achieved great things at different ages. And it's never like the list is never all one age. It is always like so variable and yeah, I think that's just proof, evidence for our human mind that there is, there's no perfect age. It's right now is the best time to start. Yeah, and I think it's just a good reminder to kind of think about death, honestly. <laughs> Maybe a little bit morbid, <laughs> but like if you feel like, you know, you're at your end of your life and you can mm-hmm. look back and you're proud of it, you don't have any regrets, and that's great. But for a lot of us, we are holding ourselves back because we won't follow the passion, the dream, whatever. And if mm-hmm. we kind of, you know, fast forward and look back and it kind of makes us feel sad or like there's pinching in our heart or whatever, usually that's an indicator that, you know, you should probably take a risk and what's the worst thing that can happen. Yeah. Maybe you quit your job to do something, maybe it doesn't work out, pretty sure you can find a job again, mm-hmm. um, et cetera. But yeah, usually when people, you know, are on their deathbed, the thing they regret the most is not going after Mm-hmm. the passion the dream etc it's not about staying in the nine to five office job that they hate right 100 percent. it is i'm i it. i always get i always get morbid with <laughs> this concept as well because it's so true it's so true that you are not going to get to the end of your life and be like thank goodness i never tried that thank goodness i never went for it right so it's time right now this is your sign. Yeah, <laughs> you just have to be realistic and know that, first of all, tomorrow is not promised. Mm-hmm. So how do you want to keep spending the rest of your life, right? And honestly, we're so lucky nowadays because even like 50 years ago, we don't have the same opportunities. And literally anybody could start any sort of business anywhere about anything now. And it's totally possible. Like you could look up any sort of business now and it's a thing. Like you can create mm-hmm. anything. So we are very lucky to live in this where nothing is I mean, nothing was ever impossible quote unquote mm-hmm. but you know what I mean nowadays everything is totally more possible <laughs> oh yeah we're in such a great age of opportunity right now it is that's so true it's such a great time to start anything creative or anything that you're just pulled towards I mean we couldn't live in a more connected world it's so it's really amazing i i'm still in awe like every day that i coach clients that live across the world i just finished a coaching session with someone that lived in israel and it's just amazing to me that we live like a globe apart and we can still connect it's incredible yeah yes yes amazing times so switching gears quickly, we're running mm-hmm. low on time, but I'd love mm-hmm. to hear about your experience with travel. So you have traveled to 20 countries apparently, but you used to be scared of traveling. Is that correct? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I love, <laughs> love traveling. I We're on a time crunch, so I'll be mindful of it because um, I could talk about it forever and ever. Um, but yeah, I used to have 
serious anxiety of even flying on an airplane, which cracks people up because I'm literally on a flight every chance I get now. Um, I really fell in love with travel when um, my boyfriend and I, who are together now, um, when we first started dating, we dated long distance and we started doing just these kind of everyday adventures when we would see each other, we would find an adventure in our own hometown. And I kind of fell in love with seeing the world and my eyes kind of opened up to how much was out there. And I fell in love with that, that desire to explore. And I knew I had to do more of it. I just knew I, that's when I was started opening those doors to joy. And I knew I had to follow that. I knew there was something there. And I'm so glad I did follow that because travel is one of the things that inspires me and opens up my creativity and does so much for me. Um, but yeah, there was once upon a time that I was terrified to <laughs> fly on an airplane and um, do any kind of international travel. Wow. And for me too, it just lights me up. So I'm so glad that you're able to overcome that because it is such a gift. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people think of, and it's kind of a myth, um, obviously it depends where you go and what you do, et cetera, but mm -hmm. around expenses and traveling. So mm -hmm. is it really that expensive and how do you afford to travel so frequently? Yeah, I think it depends how you do it. I mean, I think travel certainly can be <laughs> expensive. Oh, yeah. um, we've lived in, um, three different countries now, kind of short slash long-term. We've done two trips where we've packed up all of our stuff into storage units and just went um, and had like no home base or anything. And so people always ask like, how do you do that? How do you make that happen? And honestly, the easiest answer that also no one wants to hear, I have a lot of those answers that <laughs> it's like, this is the answer, but no one really wants to hear it. But in all seriousness, the, the way you afford to travel is if you make it a priority. We've had to say no to some things that other people may have an opinion about, but we say no to those things because travel is more important to us. And so when we've done those long-term trips, we've mapped it out, we've planned it out. We decided to not buy a home or sign another lease. We decided to travel without that home base so that we could afford it and, and, and make that our lifestyle. And so it is making it a priority. If that's something you want, how are you going to get there? And how do you want that to look in your life? Because it is possible. It's 100% possible. And what do you recommend for people who want to become digital nomads and, you know, mm -hmm. travel while working? Um, what do you see commonly like a mistake or something mm -hmm that you learned that you would, you know, say to other people, avoid this? Well, if you are on social media and you're a traveler, then I'm 100% sure you have seen the digital nomad life and the freedom lifestyle and all the, and like people even selling this concept of the digital nomad life and the freedom lifestyle. And I think the biggest mistake that you could make is deciding that you're going to live someone else's story because your life, your circumstances, the way you are and you operate are never going to work in someone else's story. And so I think we see these people on social media, like traveling the world and we put them on this pedestal and we like strive to do that exact same thing. But ultimately, if we live that story, which 
I've done, <laughs> we meet disappointment. So I, long story short, I'll keep it, I'll keep it quick. Like I had this goal to like travel the world, just like all these kind of like digital nomads that I was seeing. And I was like, I'm going to do the whole backpacker thing. And I'm going to, you know, backpack my way through Southeast Asia. And it's going to be so amazing. And when I finally made that happen, I realized that wasn't what I wanted. And it created all of these conflicting stories within myself and kind of what's wrong with me. Like I, I made this amazing goal happen. Why am I not like fully lit up? And I recognized I was doing it in someone else's way, not my own way. And so write your own story, experiment with how you like to travel, experiment with what works for you. There's no right way to do it. I love it. And that is so true because a lot of the time, especially on social media, we think we should be doing something because it looks glamorous and everyone's mm-hmm. doing it. But again, it might not be exactly that. Maybe you want to travel, but there are also different ways of going about it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well, I think we could keep going on and on and on, but <laughs> that was a lot. So I'm so <laughs> glad that you came on and shared with us. And where can we follow you through your travels and your coaching and what you're doing? Uh, what are you doing right now in terms of your coaching and, and where do you hang out? Yeah, well, my favorite place to hang out is on Instagram. I'm always on Instagram stories. So you can find me there at Megan Siemens. I um, have a blog to MeganSiemens.com. And you can find me on Facebook as well. Uh, I do a lot of like free video trainings on Facebook too. Also Megan Siemens. <laughs> Pretty easy Amazing. to find me on all the platforms. Um, and I also just launched my first book uh, a couple months ago. So yeah, you can find that too. And my book is called Balanced Out. Wow, I didn't know you wrote a book. What's it about? Yes, I wrote a book. It's called Balanced Out. It's all about um, balancing out into your purpose, uh, no matter what season of life you're in. So finding that ease, finding that flow and stepping into your life on purpose every day. Amazing. Well, congratulations on that. And I will put all of the links in the show notes so we can check you out. And thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Thank you so much. This was so amazing. I had so much fun talking about all of the things. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you loved it. I hope this was valuable to you. And with any episode, if you are enjoying this, if you find value in this, if it helps you or anybody else, I always appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. It takes 30 seconds. If you don't know how to do it, Google it. It's super easy and it really does help me reach more people and spread my message. So I really do appreciate it. And send me a screenshot of anything that you find interesting. If you want to share the episode, you want to get chatting on Instagram. I love chatting with you guys on there. So head on over. The link is in the show notes. And thank you so much for supporting me on this podcast, on this journey. I really do appreciate each and every one of you. So thank you so much.